Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. gaining momentum. Hey Meg, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited that we have our season three premiere behind us. If anyone hasn't listened, we talked about going back to school and as always, all of our previous episodes are available. So catch up, listen again, tell your friends, do all those things. Absolutely. And here we are again, Meg. Here we are again. Here we sit via zoom. (laughs) One of my favorite times of the I want to say week, but it's, I guess it's not a weekly occurrence at this point, but no, every two weeks though. Yes. Good reminder. We're not doing minis this season. So every two weeks you will hear from us. Um, and that is, I think going to be great. I think it'll give us lots to talk about in our hour that we have together. Yes. I'm trying so hard right now to like, (laughs) I'm like breathing so heavily because it's allergy season for me again. Cause I guess every season is allergy season. So like three, six, three, six, five yeah. every day, full year. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I don't know, something about fall. I don't know something about every season really, but yeah, I, know, I like I a very, my nose is very plugged right now. I went for a walk outside and then I came in and instantly it was like, Oh, my nose, why doesn't it oh, work? Oh No, I feel like we should do a compilation at the end of this season of all the times we have to talk about your allergies because they're always, <laughs> we'll do like a, a, a master cut. <laughs> It's allergy season will be like the thing for every day. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) does your kid have allergies in the same way that you do? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Which is good. He, I didn't start getting my seasonal allergies though, till I was like in my twenties, I think. Uh, Okay. Something to look forward to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. So how's it going? It's we're almost on the, we've, we've got our back to school episode behind us. And some of us, some of us, including me have gotten back to school um, at least day one and two kind of behind us. Yeah. How did they go? They went, well, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like my son's school, the first day back, they go to their old class from last year. So oh. it's kind of almost like not the first day. It's more like today is the first day that they go oh, wait, to like, like a, they spend the whole first day in their old class. Yeah. And it's only a half day on the first day. They do this thing where they're like, they're probably almost fully sorted, but like they leave a little bit of like room for like new students and like any like buddy that doesn't show up. So you don't learn like what your class is going to be for the year until like the end of day. Basically you get an email from the school. Yeah. So we got that last night and now like today kind of felt more like the actual first day where like all the normal first day stuff of like, who's going to be in the class and like Mm -hmm. is more applicable today. Um, and you are on the cusp. You're almost there. Yeah. You're, you are on a little delay. Yeah. By the time this episode drops, we will be on day four of nice. my child being at the new daycare. And Sweet. I'm going to just put this into the universe now. I'm preemptively going to say it's going great. Yay. It's going <laughs> awesome. Let's manifest. I manifest, like, manifest, I like manifest, a, manifest that it is going to go great. He's great. And I think he seems really hungry to be with other kids. And he's, it sounds like he's been craving that. I think it's going to be awesome. And yeah. so awesome for you. Yeah. It's we're looking forward to it. In other news, I'm I don't know about you, but like this we this when we're fil- when we're filming, when we're recording this, it's it's like basically the day after we learned that we lost another amazing um performer, actor, mm-hmm. advocate, Michael K. Williams, for those folks who yeah. um, who have heard or that don't that know or don't know has been in tons of iconic roles. Probably the most iconic was Omar Little in the mm-hmm. series, The Wire, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of folks got to know him as an actor. And it was like a really profoundly important character in like the landscape of TV. He, mm-hmm. he was like a queer Robin Hood kind of figure within this, within the series. Um, and really like spoke to people in, in, in an important way. Um, then he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He's like on Boardwalk Empire. Empire. Yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft Country, which he yeah. will now, he has an Emmy nomination for. For Ugh. this year, the Sound of Emmys. Uh, yeah. He was in Bessie with Queen Latifah. I think she won an Emmy for that. He was not yep. for it. Um, yeah. He's just like, it's he's I prolific. Was talking to my brother about this. Yes, he was mm-hmm. incredibly prolific. Mm-hmm. And he totally had that journey where you're like, oh, I kind of recognize that guy. Oh, I feel like I've seen mm-hmm. that guy in things before. It's like, oh, there's Michael K. Williams. So yeah. we watched his progression from being a that guy to mm-hmm. being like the guy. The guy. Yeah, I like that. I like the way that you said that. 
Yeah. And just like seemed like, a you know, we never know these folks mm-hmm. really, but like there are important figures in the zeitgeist that like mm-hmm. represent something. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, he represented something. He seemed like a really decent human being who had struggled and like was resilient and like was open and joyful. I think super joyful too, is something that I've noticed about him over the years. Like, yes, like always dancing, always having fun. Oh, literally dancing. Cause he was a dancer. Yeah. He was a dancer. Yeah, That's how he he got was his like, I think he choreographed the video for crystal waters, hundred percent pure love. Nice. And then was like, yeah, inspired by trying to learn choreo for like Janet Jackson. And like he yeah, had a yeah. had a like a career before becoming an actor as a dancer. Yeah. Like I think is a, such a profound loss and an advocate and an activist and, you know, all of those things. So I don't know. I just felt remiss not to mention that that we were yeah. kind of sitting in that today also. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, he passed away on September 6th or we mm-hmm. got word of it. And mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I felt such a connection to his work until yeah. I found myself really saddened by his loss and by our loss by with him not being here. Right. Yeah. I've, I had a full like full on gasp moment. I think it's because it was just like a, a message or like a notification from like the New York Times or something on my phone. Mm-hmm. And I was with family and it was like, yeah, it was like that moment again. I don't know this person, but it just felt like personal for some reason. Yeah. Um, if anybody doesn't know him, uh, know of him and know of his work, mm-hmm. he did a great interview on the podcast WTF with Mark Marin. Yes. I think it was originally just February of this year. And then yeah. when he passed away, it was re-released. Just a really, I mean, Mark Marin's a great interviewer. They have a really beautiful conversation. They've got a, They had a great rapport they and they just seemed rapport. delighted to be talking to each other. And yep. it just, he was so Michael K. Williams seemed like so open to sharing yeah. his experience and that like to sharing his life, to sharing the things he's been through, to sharing his joys and passions, mm-hmm. including Rachel Ray. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll be big time missed. And I think that's going to leave a big hole in the like performing community. Yeah, exactly. On that note, should we get into what we're actually talking about today? Uh, yeah. What are we talking about today again? I think we were going to tackle the idea of one and done. Oh, yes. Okay, so let's talk about the idea of stopping at having one child or only children. Okay, so we've already used the term, but maybe we'll dig in a little bit deeper and give it a little bit more meat. Uh, When folks talk about the idea of being one and done, um, Abby, what does that mean? What are we talking about? We are talking about having one child and then deciding not to expand your family any further than that. Yeah. So something that I think um, is interesting, and I think we were both interested in talking about, not only because there's lots of folks who can relate to the one and done choice or for whatever reason, but also because you and your family, um, I guess, would would identify in that way. Do you identify like that? Like, is that a a term that like resonates with you? Um, it's a term that I've heard applied to me. I don't know if I use it a ton. I think mm-hmm. it depends who I'm talking to and how quickly I'm trying to make that part of the conversation end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. Say yeah. more about that. Well, well, we'll definitely dig into this. I think okay. a little bit later, but just, yeah, like people take a vested interest in things that are actually of no consequence to their lives. Yeah. AKA none of their damn business. <laughs> is, that, but, is that what you mean? <laughs> and because I think the term one and done is a little bit of a misnomer yeah. because it makes it, I don't like the term done in relation oh, yeah. to really anything to do with parenting. No kidding. It's not like I had one kid and now I'm just done. I don't need to parent anymore. The work's done. Yeah. Like, you know, parenting yeah. is relentless. It's nonstop. There's tons of joy, tons of busyness, tons of challenges, yeah. worries, anxieties, excitements. Totally. And like that doesn't end just because I only have one child. Yeah. And also does. the idea of only, I don't really yeah. love like. Yeah. And I know that's interesting that like that word or just, just or only, or mm-hmm. there's such an implication with that language that yes. is like so troubling and so problematic. Um, so, I mean, right off the jump, I think it's really interesting and important to like unpack the language we use that to even talk about, um, you know, that choice or, you know, for some folks, it's not a choice, right? That's the other part. Well, that's the thing, right? Where mm-hmm. when people, cause lots of laugh, like, I don't know, it's just one of those things. Like before you have a kid, it's like, are you going to have a kid? When are you going to have a kid? Oh are you yeah. Have a kid? Whereas like some people don't want to have children. Some people can't have children, whatever people make the choices that they need to for themselves or for their mm-hmm. families. Yeah. And then, you know, are you going to have more than one? Are you going to do this again? When are you doing, or when, mm-hmm. or your kid needs a sibling or whatever, all these things that are just like, you're putting on to somebody. 
Totally. You're totally putting. And you know what? And the other thing about it, like, I feel like this is as much an episode about that quote idea of one and done as it mm-hmm. is about like um, people's choices around parenthood or not participating yes. in parenthood. Yes. So I think like as much as like that was sort of our guiding topic, I think this is a conversation that's a little bit broader than that because it does make me think about, you know, folks who are childless by choice or and childless, not by choice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, like there's also such deeply gendered implications in the mm-hmm. way that folks often like approach that conversation or feel like they ha- they're entitled to have that conversation, uh, particularly with like people who are identifying as women or mm-hmm. people who are uh, bearing children. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, yeah, it's just like it's such a symptom of like a, such a bigger thing, right? Yeah. That we think that we first of all, we project our norms onto people. We project our expectations. We project, um, you know, lots of gendered nonsense that we mm-hmm. like think we are entitled to ask people about <laughs> particular. And by people, I mean, people who identify as women or yeah. who are female bodied yeah. about their bodies. Yeah. Um, all of those things are just like, it's such a juicy topic. Cause it's like, it kind of, it's kind of the intersection of all that nonsense. Yeah. And we had said it last season, like when we talked about gender, that we were sure that this would keep coming up and coming up and it does because mm-hmm. gender nonsense colors a lot of the way we interact with each other in our society. Yeah. Before we get into like more of the conversation about the choices we've made, like for mm-hmm. ourselves and our own family, I'm, I'm interested to know for like a reminder for folks that are listening, like what did your family look like growing up? Like how many kids were in your family? And did that have an impact on the way you thought about um, like what you wanted your family to look like? Um, there were three kids in my family. I am mm-hmm. the third of three, the youngest. And no, I don't think that really impacted my family planning at all. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think it does for people? I'm sure it does because I'm sure people are like, oh, I came from a big family. I want to have a big family or I didn't have any siblings. So I want to make sure my kid has siblings or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure Mm -hmm. it does. But I, yeah, I don't really remember thinking about that. Like, I don't remember ever thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm also going to have three children in my family. Yeah. Like wanting to reproduce that structure. Yeah. But I also just sort of like, I always thought I would adopt Mm-hmm. And I was never sure that I wanted to be in a marriage or long-term partnership. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so if I was going to adopt as a single parent, like I, I don't think I would have made, well, who knows what I would have done because that's not the way my life went. That's the alternative timeline. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that, <laughs> do you remember that episode of community? Yes. I love any episode timeline. with an alternative timeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. Lots of things. What about you? Mm-hmm. You also are the youngest of three children. So is I was that- like, just repeat everything you just said <laughs> and then like turn around and apply it over here. Cause like we basically have the same life. We, <laughs> we, we definitely do not have the same life, but <laughs> some factors are similar. And so our, my family structure was very similar to yours. I was the youngest of three. Um, I had two older brothers um, and similar to you. I, I don't know that that informed like I have two children and I'm done having children. So it's certainly like, you know, hasn't like, I haven't had a desire to mirror that structure, but I would love to hear from folks listening. Like, you know, like if, if there was something about like how many kids you had in your family or the way that you grew up, whatever that was, like, you just, you just did a beautiful job of kind of outlining what those factors could be. Um, how did, how did it impact the way that you thought about um, your own family and what you wanted for yourself? Um, I think that's really interesting. Um, I think I did know that I was interested in having more than one child. Okay. How did you know that? I always actually like close friends who, when we're having, Mm -hmm. if we're having discussions about parenting and parenthood and stuff, yeah, that's like a question I will ask again, close friends, because we have that kind of relationship (laughs) and it's a conversation that we are having. Like, and because I feel like that's because, you know, I get a lot, aren't you going to have more, but I, my question is why are you having more? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And it's interesting that you asked like how I knew, um, I think that I knew it's, it's actually really kind of, kind of interesting. I don't know that I did know that until like we decided, oh, maybe, maybe we do want to have another child. And that there's quite a big gap between my kids. I've mentioned in the past, my kids have about a five and a half year gap. Yep. And when we decided, okay, well, maybe we're interested in having adding to our family or having a second child, it was not, it was difficult. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't happen. Like, you know, like that five and a half year gap was not necessarily like our intended gap between our kids. Yes. Um, And I think 
it's just interesting. Like when I thought that, um, like I wouldn't be able to have another kid, there was like a bit of like a, um, what's the word like disappointment. Okay. So like, I think that's what informed me that like, yeah, that's the right thing for us. And Mm -hmm. that's like, it feels right. Um, there was like a, a, yeah, a sense of like loss almost like that, that wouldn't happen for us. Um, and then like, you also come to terms with that and feel really grateful for what you have and, you know, do all of that. Um, you know, like making sense of, mm-hmm. but I think we also started to explore the possibility of like, well, you can add to your family in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm so- glad you're saying that. Cause I just mm-hmm. want to interject and quickly say when we're talking about having a child, we don't mean physically having Absolutely. a child. We totally. mean like having a child who is your child, whether yeah. that's through like giving birth, through adoption, through fostering, exactly. through a caregiver situation where you become a guardian, any number yeah. of ways where that child is now your child. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm so glad that you clarified. And that's absolutely when we um, are talking about families, like we just want to make sure that we're always being super inclusive in how we understand those families. And it's important for us to say it because even though we might be thinking about it in that way, um, it's, you know, we just want to model that for everybody to sort of like extrapolate that we're thinking about it in that way. So like we were, you know, then thinking about like, well, what are, how are the other ways we can grow our family? Um, And then, you know, it, one thing leads to another and we ended up having a, a second child. Um, through... Oh, I think I actually know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this episode's about. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like it just, it ended up happening for us um, even though we were like looking in another direction at that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that like, let me know that it wasn't like, cause we didn't, it's so I say this to people sometimes. I'm like, I don't know that I ever would have like made an active choice to have a child. Like, our son was, our first son was a surprise Mm -hmm. and like, we're happy that he's here. And like, it was a great surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we didn't with our first, we didn't like say, let's try to have a kid. Right. And so it kind of opened that door. Um, and then, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. It's not something that I ever really, yeah. Like you, like as a kid or like as a young adult, like, I don't feel like I was thinking about like having kids. Yeah. Well, I thought about it like, yeah, I just assumed that I would end up becoming a mom through adoption. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually like loosely started looking into that. Yeah. I feel like I remember that. Yeah. Um, I think I still have like all the tabs in my bookmarks. Yeah, totally. But yeah. I, so as a kid, like I knew I wanted to become a mom through adoption mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was the only part that I knew. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's like, so, so like important and re- respectable and amazing when people know that they don't want to be parents. Oh, for sure. And that's why I always think it's, it's truly bonkers really mm-hmm. to be like, well, you know, you might change your mind or you might oh, really want to, yeah. yeah, you might, but if they're pretty sure they don't want a kid, I feel like you shouldn't encourage somebody to make mm-hmm. that kind of a decision <laughs> just because you yeah. think it's something like, are you going to be there every step of the way then to yeah. raise this child with or for them? Yeah. What do you think that's about? Like, why do people feel so invested in like the personal choices of others? Do do you think it's like a projection of like, like their values or like, like, why do people care? What do you think? Sometimes I think it's just idle conversation Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of, because we talked about this with gender too, when you're asking somebody like what they're Mm -hmm. having, like, are you having a boy or a girl? How it's just like (laughs) their prescribed top prescribed questions around certain topics that have been normalized. Yeah. It's almost robotic. Yeah. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's just like a means of making small talk, even Mm -hmm. though like that's actually a very large topic. (laughs) (laughs) It's not small talk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just really interesting. It's like, and then when you talk, when you're kind of giving examples of what that can sound like, sometimes people get like really impassioned and it's like, they're like worried for you or they're like worried for you. Yes. Yeah. Like it could come from a, (laughs) a place of like, care and love, but it's like so harmful at the same time. So I'm just thinking about like harmful things that people say, and maybe they don't realize, or maybe they do. What are some of the questions or things that people say to you that are like irksome? If you don't mind sharing, when are you going to have another child? Cause that's just, <laughs> that's very presumptuous of them. Yeah. Um, why haven't you had another child? Don't you think you're son's lonely or don't you think he needs a sibling or why don't you give your kid a a sibling? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, Oh, don't wait too long. Uh, Yeah. And And what, yeah. How do you like, has your response to those invasive comments or questions like evolved and changed or is it, do you have strategies for how you, how you tend to respond? I think I just tend to am like, no, we're not planning to have any more. Yeah. 
And, and do, like leave do it people accept that? <laughs> um, sometimes there's some, like, I rarely get the follow-up why, because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe the way that I'm saying it, they're like, oh, because like people, mm-hmm. when you're asking it also, you don't know the why. Yeah. Exactly. And so why are you asking? Cause like, what if it is that we've been trying for a long time and like, we're struggling with fertility and like, there could Mm -hmm. be a myriad of reasons. Maybe I have an underlying health issue. Like maybe I'm getting Mm -hmm. treatment for something like you don't know. Exactly. Don't ask because like, if you like, if you don't know if there's some, if there's a reason for it, then you don't need to know why I'm not doing it. Yeah. I can't believe we have to like teach that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of, I think just again, like the normalcy of, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you start dating someone, when are you getting engaged? If you get engaged, Mm -hmm. when are you getting married? If you get married, when are you having a kid? If you have a kid, when are you having another kid? If you have another Mm -hmm. kid, when are you having another kid? Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know. There are other things to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just all this boxing of like life trajectory, right? That Mm -hmm. there's like, it's like kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. There's like an expectation, you know, around like how, what, what people's like, stereotypical experiences should be or a projection mm-hmm. of what people think they should be. And so like, I don't know there's like this, like, yeah, normalized, um, uh, like okayness with asking those questions when it really isn't, I think we're getting better culturally, but like, mm-hmm. still, it's just like, you know, even when it's like the same stuff around like weird norms that we haven't shaken around, like touching women's bellies or people that are, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't say women. I should say people that are pregnant. Yes. Um, when they are having a child or, um, you know, it's like things that have like historically been like sort of like normalized, but like, we're now sort of like pushing back. Like, why, why is that normal? Why is that the expectation? Why are you touching me? Exactly. (laughs) And so uh, a lot of the questions or that probing around life events or life choices kind of fits Mm -hmm. in that category. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting if you are listening, like, you know, we all, and we, and we've talked about this even in our gender episodes, like we've all probably been guilty of that at some point, like one way or another falling into the robotic trap of like, oh, this is the thing that we say now in this conversation or talking about this part of life. So it's good to just sort of like remind yourself, like, yeah, that's a, that's not a need to know. Um, what I do want to know whether or not mm-hmm. I need to know this or not, yeah. <laughs> uh, what I do want to know is, do you know very many people who do not have siblings? Hmm. I know a handful of people who don't have siblings. Have you ever asked them their thoughts or feelings about it? Yeah. Um, and I also know folks and I'm close with some people who have siblings, but they were like, they didn't grow up with them. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's also kind of a different, um, experience. Mm -hmm. Like you're not an only child, but like the experience of like your childhood maybe is more reflective of an only child's yeah experience. mine was like that because my brothers are five and seven years older so yeah, they <laughs> had moved out like they were gone out of yeah they'd moved out by the time I was like 13 or 14 so I went through like all my teen years mm-hmm. until I went away for university just my mom and I mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I I can totally relate to that I think like f- that sort of like you're not, but like, there's enough of a gap. Cause literally I have pretty much the exact same gaps in my family as well. Um, where, yeah, in a lot of ways, like I felt like I was in my own cohort, Yeah, like my brothers yes. were in a cohort and yes. then I was in my own cohort. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that like, it's a mixed bag. Like mm-hmm. I don't I, like anything, you know, certainly like some folks I know who didn't grow up with other kids around have expressed some loneliness in that space, but like others, you know, had like tons of other kids around, even though they weren't siblings. Yeah. And so that wasn't a factor for them. So I think like maybe more than the number of kids that a person has in their family, what's actually more relevant is like, how many, how are they engaging with kids in general in their life? Yeah. Yeah. In their life. I mean, that's like, just my like personal interpretation of like what folks have shared. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like, there's no, you can absolutely not in any universal way say like, well, this is the experience for an only child. Yes. Although people try to do that. So what are some of the like stigma and stereotypes that we know about people (laughs) who don't have siblings? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and then I want to know if any of them hold up for you with people that, you know, that don't. I'm like, sure. Some of them will hold up though. Right. Because like, if you throw enough at the enough, what is it? Throw enough paint at the wall. Some of it's bound to stick or something. Yeah, for about, sure. uh, yeah. And then we're not accounting for Y variables either. 
But anyway, um, <laughs> some of the stereotypes. Okay, let's get the stigmas out on the table because this is why I think people are driven to like question and like be con- be quote concerned mm-hmm. if people make that choice for their family or have that reaction where it's like, oh, you're an only yeah. child, yeah. Or, yeah. oh, you only have, like, they're an only child. Yeah, just whatever. But yeah, like so the judgment that they're lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked, we touched on that, but for sure. Yeah. That they're spoiled. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to share. Yes. That mm-hmm. they're socially awkward. <laughs> yes. Um, Selfish. Yeah. But yeah. also, like, incredibly independent. Yeah. There's positive stereotypes. Yeah. Too. And also maybe they're not though. Not every only child likes maybe some people don't like like, you know, there's a, mm-hmm. that they prefer alone time, but or that they can't be alone as yeah. an adult. Like there's so many. It's just like this. Yeah. And then that this thing yeah. and then the opposite thing. This is why this is like not science. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's too many <laughs> other factors. Well, I think the other one that comes up for me is that like only children are very like precocious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That they like to spend a lot of time with adults. Yeah. And that they prefer they like the company of adults. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I was watching recently where they like really played on this stereotype. They called it the lonely New York boy. And they were like just talking about this phenomenon where like families in like Manhattan were only having were, were like the it look it was looking like the trend was that families were choosing to have one child mm-hmm. and then they were like stereotyping like what that lonely new york boy is like and like it was all this like precocious stuff like wearing a fedora like talking <laughs> about brie like <laughs> like just very like adultified kids so i think like that's what i mean by that kind of precociousness stereotype i'm like oh yeah that's there it's like um but like again like for some kids for sure but I think like what's actually more of a variable is like who are those kids parents what kinds of things are they doing like yeah. that kind of promotes that yeah and like who is that kid at their core is, are they like just a precocious kid because that's how they're wired you know yeah exactly exactly yeah so lots of stereotypes for sure and like are you worried about like because your kid will likely be an only child mm-hmm are you worried about how he might wear some of that? Or is that like not something you've, you've really like thought too much about? Um, I haven't really thought too much about it. I yeah. like it's important for us that our kid gets a lot of social interaction, social stimulation, mm-hmm. but like more so because he's a social kid. So it's just like yeah, trying to get sure. his needs met. Yeah. As opposed absolutely. to being like, Oh, like the only, there was a split second at the, like a few months into the pandemic when nobody mm-hmm. could see anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, we were all just like home all the time. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, Oh, this is the only time where I've been like, Oh man, maybe it would have been nice if we'd had another kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so literally the only time that your, a thought was provoked <laughs> around adding to your family was in a global crisis of, of historic proportions where the entire <laughs> world was not allowed to connect with each other and had to be in an actual physical lockdown. Yeah. And that was I was the just only tired time. of playing Duplo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like what that tells us, I'm going to just, I'm going to break it down. What that tells us is that it's been the right choice because <laughs> that is a pretty extraordinary circumstance to have like the first thought of like, Hmm, maybe. And like, so on unli- well, touch wood, I was like unlikely to like be c- constant and repeated, but God, who knows at this point, who knows <laughs> yeah, how many other pandemics, be the only pandemic of our lifetime and the next one, but like, we're going to build skills in pandemics. So we'll like know how to like, you know, deal with some of those things in better ways. So don't even worry. It's fine. It's going <laughs> to be just fine. And now we've come to our momentum shout out where we give a shout out to a parent or a caregiver who we've seen doing something noteworthy. Meg, what have you got for us? Something happened at my youngest daycare the other day that I was like immediately like, oh, this is like, this is fodder for a shout out. This, this kid is like new to the, their part of the daycare and was like having probably one of the most epic drop-off meltdowns Aww. like that I've ever witnessed. Like, you know, just when you like feel it in your bones, you just like yeah. feel for the kid. Yeah. I'm feeling for the, for the parent. parent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like screaming top of lungs, like fight, flight, freeze. Kid does not want to be here. And I'm always just like, well, first of all, so the shout out goes two ways. It goes to the daycare providers, the early early childhood educators at the center. They're just like amazing. And they're so undervalued and underpaid and all those things. They did an amazing job of like extracting child from parent and like 
you know, distracting and trying to calm. And I just wanted to shout out the parent because they didn't get like embarrassed. They didn't get worked up about what was happening. Not that I could tell anyway. They weren't upset even, which if they were, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. It was just sort of like the way that they dealt with it with like just so much grace and just sort of like, I love you. I will be back. And like the words that they said to like reassure the kid without like making a big deal about what was happening and like smiled at me on the way out. Like, like, this is just what it is. And like, wasn't clearly wasn't feeling judged or like wearing it. And I was like, that's like a playbook for how a person needs to react when they have this experience at daycare or school or whatever it is. You may never have it if based on your kid, but a lot of us do have that experience and they just did a beautiful job of like validating the kid, but also like not making a big deal and like not wearing it, not being shamed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was great. It was really cool to see. Awesome. Nice job, parent. call that a serious consideration Mm -hmm. (laughs) by pandemic thought. But when you were kind of figuring out for your family that you wanted another, Mm -hmm. you talked a little bit about it, how you knew, but like what other factors went into that family planning for you? I think like if I'm like getting real and I just like, maybe people won't like this, but like, I think it's, it was like a little bit of selfishness also where I was like, oh, that was interesting (laughs) to, to see like who he is. Yeah. Um, and this has been like, kind of an interesting experience. I want to also note that I had like not a difficult pregnancy in the way that a lot of other people have. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, that wasn't um, an immediate concern, like being pregnant again. Uh I didn't like enjoy it necessarily, but it wasn't, I like, you know, like you've talked about a lot on the podcast where you had a miserable experience in your pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That wasn't my, so that wasn't a deterrent, but like from a selfishness place, I was just like, I feel like we just wanted to like do it again like have a child again yeah. <laughs> one or the other but <laughs> only done it twice <laughs> yeah I think so like there's like a little bit of selfishness in it I think I'm like it's probably better for the world and like people might like skewer me for this but like it's probably better for the world and like the circumstance we find ourselves in to like have less kids than more kids <laughs> so I do grapple with that a little bit because I'm like oh is that like the right move to like add more people to this like spinning orb that is like a flaming dumpster fire. Um, so that's where I'm at right now with <laughs> things. But uh, yeah, so I think we just were like interested in like seeing what like let's like mix the cocktail and see like who else we make. Mm-hmm. And then like we were interested in our first child having a sibling because we had siblings and, you know, like I guess when we say, oh, did your family history inform that at all? So I, mm-hmm. I guess maybe in a small way it does, right? Because we had that experience and for better or for worse, we decided it was one that for our first child, maybe was something we wanted them to have as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that just reminded me of something else that people say. Well, what about when you get old and your child's going to have to take care of you by themselves? Oh no, (laughs) there's so much to unpack. (laughs) It's like, thank you for that. (laughs) I'll refer you to our episode on death and dying. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's okay that we're getting old and it's okay that everybody dies. Well, and then there's this assumption that like family is like such a closed loop and it's one, Mm -hmm. it's one structural thing, right? Like, yeah, that like the only people mm -hmm. that you can count on are the ones that should be feel indebted to you by blood. Yeah. Or like a feeling of like paying a debt as opposed to like celebrating together and just people who you've chosen to be in your life and who want to be there. Yeah. It's such a um, limited, like construction and like framing of like what family can be and who can Mm -hmm. be in it and like who's important and supportive in a person's world yeah um that I think like it's just interesting because I think yeah I have heard that as well I actually have heard also somebody who is a parent of an only child like express that fear and I'm like oh that's interesting that that's like being internalized in a way and like this is the example I'm thinking of this is a child who has like a very robust like network of mm-hmm. people that are family like and you know it's just it's just interesting to see that like being internalized also in a way but then I wonder if that's more about like parent thinking about their own morbidity than <laughs> <laughs> well it's an interesting assumption too because nobody's to say just because your siblings you're going to get along and you're going to be tight and you're going to oh, support yeah. each other and you're going to work together on things or that mm-hmm. you're always going to be there for with and for each other like they're sure estrangements are a thing like I don't know there's just no given you just do what you got to do with what you have and you create 
I don't know. Anyway, I was just like going about to do like an existential spiral, but (laughs) I like it. Let's I'll hit sit in that with you. No, but you're right. It's just interesting. It's interesting to see like what people buy into and what they don't. It forces us in all, all of these things that are just like so normalized forces us to like reassess. Like, why do we think that? Why is that like something that is a stereotype or something that is a norm or whatever? Like why? And that's that like critical thinking piece, right? Like it doesn't have to be. And oh, I know what I want to go back to. Yeah. You're, I think you make an incredibly important point about like people have really bad experiences with their siblings. Yeah. So, you know, there are, there's, there's risks to adding to your family (laughs) as well. Right. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to look like, I think there's this thing about like, where we just make assumptions about like, or we project what we hope, what we hope for and, you know, assume it's going to look a certain way. And it just yeah. never does. Yeah. For me, we have touched on it lightly, but my pregnancy mm-hmm. like that, like, you know, if we were ever to loosely be like, like, you know, if somebody asks like, Oh, are you gonna have another? And so like, you think about it for that split second. And in my head, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be pregnant ever again. And yes, yes we could adopt. <laughs> yeah. And like that's, that for me personally, that's actually always kind of mm-hmm. on the table. If we expanded our family, it would a thousand percent be through adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because that's something I've always thought I would do and always was interested in and always mm-hmm. thought was really important. Um, and then secondarily, because my pregnancy was awful and I have yeah. never tried to be pregnant ever again. And yeah. people, and then that's where other people insert their opinions again, where, yeah, but every mm-hmm. pregnancy is different and that one might not be so bad and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Great. Maybe it'll be worse. Like for yes, my mental no health, kidding. I should not be pregnant again. Yeah. And I'm not willing to like take that gamble on my mental health Yeah, just because somebody said it might be different. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Dr. Stranger. Like that's yeah. great news. I'm going to do finances. it now. Having yeah. a child yeah. is expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Major um, consideration. Yeah. And my age at the time, I guess, is like loose consideration because I was a, mm-hmm. had a geriatric pregnancy because they love to flatter people when they hit a certain <laughs> age. <laughs> geriatric. I hate that term so much. It's so insulting. <laughs> It's so insulting. Like they have to find new language because like the the norm is like really shifting. I know I'm saying like, let's buck the norm, but I just mean like because of like progress with like folks in their gendered roles and like what like people who have babies have like access to things have shifted so much that like most of the people I know that are having kids are, are, are actually like in that geriatric category. Like I think I was the exception to that rule with a lot of the people I know. It's just like, find better language, folks. Yes. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to talk about this. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I did I ask you, do people ever say anything to you about having more kids or about the number of kids that you have? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that like people always think it's their business, whether you have one kid or two kids or five kids. Oh, because you have two currently uh, uh-huh. male identifying children. So are you going to try so- for a girl? Uh-huh. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's, that's a big one. Oh, it's funny too, because like, I'm just going to be totally like vulnerable and transparent. Like that gets, that gets to me sometimes in a way that like, I didn't expect where like, I'll be like, like, I'm somebody who's like trying to like fuck the patriarchy and like down with the binary. But like, even that sometimes for me, it's like gets in my brain. Yeah. Like it's that, that thing again, that I talked about that kind of infer informed the choice to have a second kid. It's like, mm-hmm. I wonder what another one would like, who that, who would that be? So maybe it's less about gender and more about like, who, who would it be interesting to see who that would be? Mm-hmm. Like what other cocktail mixture would we like produce and what other interesting human being would we get to know? Uh, but on a rare occasion, it even seeps into my psyche about like, I wonder what it's like to have a daughter. Um, Cause I, at this point I don't who knows, but like both mm-hmm. of my kids identify as, as boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I currently have two sons, but then it's like, I even catch myself in that. I'm like, that's such nonsense, but it's so interesting that that like got under your skin, like that, that got, wormed its way in to mm-hmm. your brain. Mm-hmm. And certainly like other people say it for sure. Like, you know, like, or like just lots of stereotypes also even about like being like a quote boy mom or like, yeah. <laughs> you know, being a parent of like two kids of a certain gender. Yeah. Um, and my friends that have p- kids that identify as girls have the same stuff come in their way. It's interesting though. Cause I wonder if it happens more, if you have boys and you're a female identifying parent, if people yeah, I think assume it does. that like, you must want a daughter, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe that assumption gets thrown at male identifying parents too. That's like, if you have, I know somebody that has four girls and like, there is this kind of insulting um, kind of assumption that gets thrown their way that like their dad must be miserable. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard that before. Yeah. And (sighs) it's like, you know, it's like, it's such an insulting idea that you'd be like disappointed in your children because they're not, I don't know, a matching set of yeah. Gender, like, your, I don't like, really know. <laughs> and there's so much gender nonsense in that too. Right. Because it's like, oh, well then you can't, you can't possibly relate or identify mm-hmm. or be close in the same way. Yeah. As like a same gendered child or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure you'd be more inclined to be more engaged in a part of things if you had that son. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, it's just like all the nonsense. Like that yeah. we assume like that a like certain gendered kids aren't going to want to do X, Y, Z, or it's just like baloney. Mm-hmm. So all of it kind of speaks to themes that we've already, this topic is so interesting because it does speak to like a lot of th- themes that we've like already touched on in our yeah. episodes, but it's like, it's just another vehicle where we see like some of this stuff be reproduced. Yep. Reproduced. <laughs> yeah. Reproduced. Ah! <laughs> um, do you know a lot of families that are choosing to have one child? I don't actually. Oh, okay. Mm, I'm just trying to think. No, I think I am the only one of my friends who has a child with no siblings. I'm, mm. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And then I'm going to get an angry phone call being like, I thought we were friends. Hey. <laughs> like, sorry, I wasn't. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I actually, I feel like I know a handful of families who are like, have one child and that's probably what their family is going to look like for whatever reasons. I'm not asking the specific, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's not like with you and I, I know we're, we're super close. So like, these are conversations we would have had like more deeply, but like, you know, there yeah. are people that are more superficial that like, yeah. I'm not going to dig about like, yeah, you just, it's okay to take some information at face value for sure. Unless somebody like wants to talk about it or yeah. like has something to say. I, I think that it, it's, it is becoming like a more in my world anyway, a more common choice. What's interesting thing that I've noticed is that folks are either choosing one or three, which I think is making a come the three oh. the three kid family is making a comeback. I only know a couple people who have three. Mm-hmm. And then I think everybody else I know has two. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um it's just like and then I think about these things like they're trends and they're probably not. They're just like things that are like on my mind. So I'm like noticing. <laughs> And you're like, every kid is named Joshua. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have, are you thinking about Joshua Jackson right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I mean, am I ever not? Call back to JJ. <laughs> or just call me back, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant to say. Number link in the bio. Um, <laughs> do you have a lot of friends in your life? Yes. Who have just, dis- yes. Full stop. <laughs> who have decided not to have children? Or not to have like their family is either two people or it's like, look, you know, it's like looks different. Kids aren't a part of it. I have. Yeah, I have definitely have people in my life. I have who have opted not to have children. Mm-hmm. And yeah, cool. Yeah, totally. I feel like that it could be a total own episode, the child list by choice discussion. Yeah, um, I was actually thinking because we said off the top, we're not going to do mini sews, but I was like, maybe at some point in the season, we could just do like a mini sewed with somebody who's childless by choice. Yeah, because I'm actually thinking of one of my close friends who is childless by choice and who also yeah. did not grow up with siblings. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that would that is a very that would be an interesting discussion mm-hmm. if they were open to it um, yeah. for sure. Um, so what are like when you're thinking about your own experience? Was there, is there, has there been anything that's been unexpected, like positive, negative, otherwise about like having one child? Well, I think just, I don't know. I feel like it's just in general, like mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've only ever had the one or I've had none before, yeah. <laughs> before having a child. One but, and none. <laughs> and so I think it's just like the unexpected things of just being a parent or a caregiver in general, Yeah, because it's all a new experience. Like everyone who opts to have a child at some point, mm-hmm. unless you end up having like multiples, twins or triplets, whatever you start off with one child. Yeah. And exactly. so like, it's all new and unexpected because you haven't done that before. Right. And so like everything is a first for me. Yeah. Just like it is with everyone with their first child. For sure. And so I don't really know, like, there's nothing that I worry about because mm-hmm. I feel confident in our ability to meet our child's social needs. Totally. And 
in terms of like finding mentors or whatever, like mm-hmm. people that our child can look up to and have conversations with and have relationships with, mm-hmm. um, like form solid peer relationships with totally. so that he has people to turn to besides my partner and I, like his yeah. mother and father. Yeah. Um, and so I think like that on one of the, under- what did you ask me? No, this is great. <laughs> okay. I, if, if there was anything unexpected, like positive, challenging, okay. whatever that has come with, and you're, you're saying kind of like really on point with like the rest of our conversation that like, it's mostly been just the things that come with having a kid period. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to know if like, that's been your experience, like how that might look different if there was, if you had another kid or whatever. Yeah. I like it too. Like, you know, when somebody will be like, Oh, where are you? Where did you grow up? And you tell them <laughs> their hometown and they're like, did you, what was it like growing up there? And you're like, I don't know. It's the only place I've ever grown up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, if it's what, you know, it's like, yeah. How do you have any other point of comparison? Yeah. Definitely. I can say that like, I am constantly amazed by people mm-hmm. who have multiple children. So I just don't know how people have the energy. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that can be true of even having a sing- single kid though, because of like the kid. Oh, the I kid clearly is like, don't know how I have the, well, I don't have the energy guys. This is thinking about, I'm right actually now. thinking about your kid right now. <laughs> this is it's, my cry for help. I do yeah. not have the energy. Help me. <laughs> yeah. I think that's been, I think one of my biggest fears about having more than one child, um, if I can just speak to that was like, was that was like, I am strapped already. I don't know how I'm going to like have enough to give. Um, I mean, and like, ultimately like you figure it out, like you Mm -hmm. said, if it's like what your experience is, it is your experience. But even now, like on a daily basis, like, like when I even tickle the idea, which I'm not serious about, it's not, (laughs) it's not a actual desire for me, but like with my partner or whatever, if I like tickle the idea of like what it would be like to have another kid, like my partner looks at me and is like, are you out of your GD mind? <laughs> I like that you said fuck earlier, but this I know like GD. <laughs> I know. All right. Let's just give it all weight. Are you out of your goddamn fucking mind? Because <laughs> like we're barely staying afloat. And I think mm-hmm. anybody in their circumstance, like it's all relative. Everybody's struggling to stay afloat, particularly in this moment. But I, yeah, I'm in awe. Like you said that I'm also in awe of folks that like have have multiple like more than like I don't know I'm I'm flabbergasted by like how that works oh yeah like I'm thinking of one of my friends who has three kids and she is like I don't know like one of the most organized like Mm -hmm. she makes it look easy but I know because I know her personally I know it's not but just like looking from the outside I'm like oh like you know those people that other people are like oh this is easy and fun and light and breezy yeah I just (laughs) but like even just from like a scheduling standpoint oh my god I (laughs) can't once your kids are old enough to be doing things that you need to take them to like in more than one location yeah I just like I don't I don't know (laughs) I literally am laughing because like my oldest does like five things and my littlest does nothing like the poor kid, because it was like, this is what I mean. Like that balance is like so different. Well, also like five and a half year gap also yeah. contributes to that. Cause my yeah. oldest is like deep into some of his activities now. Yeah. Um, like the things that he does, but, and my littlest like was a pandemic was like a toddler in the pandemic. And so yeah. like, they haven't really had the same chance, but yes. still I'm like, I, I can say that, but I'm like, I genuinely don't know how we would add to this schedule. Yeah. Like in a way it, right now. And so like the only thing he does do, which has been a hilarious disaster, my oldest does karate and it was like easy to like add him to the karate mix because okay. like at the same time and like it's literally just because it's convenient and like he wasn't terribly interested, but like <laughs> he's like, do you want to do karate like your brother? Sure. Yeah, um, he's like, okay, my brother, I love him. Yeah. And like, it just like, because I don't have to go to two different places at that time, it's like the one, the one activity for both of them. Um, and I'd argue it's been an unmitigated disaster. Like he, <laughs> he is not interested at all. He says he is. And he's like, I, I like karate. I want to do karate. But like his, his the evidence would suggest other, he's like turned the wrong way. He's like lying on the floor. He's like half of his gi is off. His belt's not on. <laughs> not going well. So it's like, imagine I tried to then add another person to the, like that poor child like if this is the outcome with this second child in a, like in their little life and what I'm able to provide for them, it's just like, it's, it's a not, this is why my partner looks at me like, what are, how is this even an, I thought that you would express out loud. Mm -hmm. So, and he, and and they're right. Like, it's not, I'm in awe. 
be, I, and I don't think I have the like natural skills, like you're saying around organization, et cetera, mm-hmm. to like be good at that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. I just don't know that I could give another child, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, I don't know. You would like, if like, if I think it's like, if that was a choice we made and we wanted to do that, then I mm-hmm. would be able to figure it out and find a way. But because yeah. that's not the choice that we're making, I can't imagine it because I can't <laughs> imagine myself making that choice at this point. Totally. Um, but I will say, I love my kid. I'm really happy with the one that I have and <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm happy with the way our family has turned out currently. If it totally. changes, it changes. It's not going to change, but <laughs> <laughs> just want to reiterate. It's but not yeah, option. like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess if people, people are going to keep asking, but I will say here, I'm one and done. Yeah. And you could just say, why would, why mess with success when you've already <laughs> got perfection? <laughs> which I think is the case. So, yep. <laughs> Everybody's choices are valid. Stop asking people questions that are personal and none of your GD business. <laughs> is that a good place to leave it? I think that's a great place to leave it. <laughs> we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. And now it's time to pause for momentum. Enough. Are you going to, when will you, but shouldn't you give, aren't you going to have the questions never cease though often well-intentioned or simply a way to fill the silence. The impacts are the same, a subtle judgment, questioning of choices, making one feel less than so many layers of WTF baked in as if this is small talk conversation, as if the answers are anyone else's business, as if one's body and choices are up for debate, as if. We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people and the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Anina, Oji Cree, Dena, and Dakota peoples, and on the homeland of the Metis Nation. Gaining Momentum. Gaining hosted, making an app. With artwork by Catherine Catcher. With music by Evan Dysart. Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.